Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy. Well, hey, well, One Hope Church and anybody else who are, is listening on this, this is the very first One Hope Podcast, and uh, this is Peter Chernus, one of the pastors at One Hope. And uh, so the other day I asked Devante, uh, our other pastor at One Hope, I asked him two questions. Number one, I asked him, so do you want to do you want to do a podcast with me? Uh, and he said, sure. And then the second question he asked or I asked him was, so how do we do how do we do a podcast? And uh, so Devante, being the younger, cool pastor, is going to figure out all the tech for that and is uh we'll have some instructions later this week about how you can subscribe to the podcast with your device of choice um but me being the older not as cool pastor i've i will be also posting these on our website so you old school people can always find uh these uh there uh basically what we're doing here is uh the idea is to kind of do a reading plan together and so encouraging our church one hope but anybody else who would like to to join us as well uh to do this um kind of a 20 week reading plan in which we are um kind of hitting the uh, 100 essential passages uh in the bible i'm, I'm using i stole this list from a an outfit called scripture union which has put this uh, uh this list together and of course, that's a subjective uh, thing. Uh, what are the essential passages? I mean, the whole Bible is essential, um, but I think you, you get the idea. It's it's these are one hundred passages that really carry the story along and that kind of hit every uh, part of the Bible. There's fifty passages from the Old Testament, fifty from the New Testament. And so it's really a, a great way for if you're a new Bible reader to kind of get the really the, the, the general flow of the entire Bible to read the Bible as one story. Uh, if you've been a Christian for many years, it's a great way to just kind of re uh, get redrawn into the drama of the, the, the story of God, because that's that's really what the Bible is. And in our in the, in the sermon yesterday, uh, uh, recording this for our Monday podcast and in, the, in the, the day before the Sunday message talked about how how the Bible is really it's a rescue mission and it's a love story and and we're part of the love story actually I mean God is the hero of the story and you know Satan's the villain uh, but but we are there we we're, we're in the story as I guess you could say we're the heroine we're uh, we're, we're we're right in the middle of the story and so um, and so at, one thing I would encourage uh, all of us as we go through this together, as and that's the encouragement here, that you would kind of do one of these, uh, there's 100 readings, and we'll be taking five a week for the next 20 weeks. And you can, you know, we'll be releasing these podcasts Monday through Friday. You can do the readings Monday through Friday, but then, of course, you get the weekends to catch up if you missed uh, missed one. Uh, but as as you do this, Think of it as that story in which God is the hero and Satan the villain, and but we're kind of the heroine, you could say, or a core a core character in the drama. Humanity is, and and so one of the questions I think with every single passage, every reading that you do, you can ask the question: What do I learn about the hero, about God? What is it teaching me about God, who He is, His character, His plans, His dreams? Um, 
what does it teach us about about the villain, about Satan, about how he operates, his lies, and 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 whatnot? And and then the, the third thing, what, what do we learn about humanity, about us, about how the human being functions, how how it's supposed to function, how it's not working right, how how we function in our broken state, and how God is coming to the rescue, to rescue us. And so uh, those are really three questions you can always ask yourself as we go through this. And and, and though the first 50 readings are in the Old Testament, uh, one um, belief that we have at One Hope Church and many churches have is that is that the gospel message of God coming to save humanity through Jesus, it's, it is, it's throughout the scriptures. And it's, it's maybe in a more hidden way in the Old Testament, but it's there. Uh, a little more clear in the in the New Testament, but uh, uh, as you as you read through, that's another thing you can ask the question: Is where do I see Christ uh, in this passage, or uh, do I see the gospel coming forth here in this passage, uh, or do I see what we call the law coming through in this passage? Uh, in most passages, you're going to find both things. You're going to see the law, which kind of is God's rules, but also tells us that we're broken. We can't fulfill the, those rules. And you're also going to see what we call the gospel, the good news, which means that God has come to save us uh, and uh, he's come to the rescue. And so uh, those are maybe that's another thing you can kind of look for as we go through this. Uh, where, where do you see what we call the law and what we call the gospel, the good news? And uh, um a couple other tips I'll just kind of give you, and this is kind of an intro podcast that we'll kind of have for this first time, but uh, uh, won't go over these every time, but I'll just list a few tips here. One is, is I would encourage you as you go through the readings to, to maybe pick an easy Bible version. Uh, you know, if you've, if you've read the Bible off and on over the years, you might want to just pick a, a, you could pick a version you've never used before. That would make the readings fresh for you. Um, but I, I would actually really encourage um, you to pick an easy-to-read version. I'm actually using the God's Word translation, God's Word for the Nations. It's just a really clear, uh, easy uh, version to in the Bible in plain, clear English. Uh, I, I really enjoy that particular version. Um, translation. Uh, another great one is the New Living Translation. Um, NIV, New International Version, is always a great one to use. So I would encourage you to maybe pick one of those three, particularly as you go through the Old Testament. Uh, it, it flows better, and I think you'll be more enriched uh, rather than getting kind of stuck on some of the wording of what we call a more literal translation. And and those literal, more literal translations are very important because they can help us, um, it, it kind of presents it in sometimes a more accurate way as far as how the original language uh, portrays the, the, the passage. Um, and But you could, you, could, you could dip into those other translations if you... Uh, if you have questions about a particular passage, like something jumps out at you, if you're reading one of these easy to read translations, but you kind of read it and you think, huh, wow, what does it really say that? And, and you could dig into the, you know, check it out. You know, you want to do your research a little bit and use different versions, particularly if it's a, a question that's really important. It has to do with doctrine or, or some one of our core beliefs. And so a couple of those more literal translations you can use is one is, uh, the New American Standard is one that I've used for years. Devante has used that for years as well. And uh, uh, another great one is the ESV, uh, English Standard Version. 
It's not quite as literal as the New American Standard, but it's close. Uh, and it's a, it's, that's a great translation as well. So uh, at the end of the day, there's no perfect translation. These are translations made by humans. And, uh, uh, and so it's always good to have more than one on hand to kind of compare. But, uh, uh, but in general, all of these ones I've mentioned to you are, are accurate. You can trust them. God's going to use them to speak to you. So don't get too hung up on comparing translations. The the Bible is the Holy Spirit's book. And so you can trust him that he's going to uh, speak to you um, when you really come in a state of of humility and brokenness and hunger uh, for him. Uh, So so don't worry about, you know, (laughs) don't worry too much about getting the right translation. Uh, Everyone is, it's a, everyone is a good translation. And uh, what I would more encourage you to do is, is, prior to you starting your reading time is just to pray and just invite the Holy Spirit to, to speak to you uh, through the reading. And, you know, the Bible is the Holy Spirit's book. And, and so invite him to breathe life into the scriptures for you. Um, you know, we believe that all scripture is God breathed. And it's, uh, it's God's words. It's profitable for teaching. Uh, and for, um, it's, it's, uh, all of it is truth, it's, uh, and uh, um, but we could be like the Pharisees who knew the Bible really well, but they didn't. They missed the point. They missed Jesus in the whole thing, and uh, and so we 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 need the Holy Spirit to to breathe life into the Scriptures for us and to lead and guide us into all truth. So you can just pray a simple prayer, Jesus. Uh, would you speak to me uh, during this time as I read your Word? Holy Spirit, come and just kind of lead me and guide me into all truth as I as I read now. So, uh, a couple thoughts there for you, and um, another just kind of a a tip. Um, some of these readings are longer. Um, some are just a chapter. Some are several chapters. Um, and, and you're not going to be able to figure everything out or even retain everything, and 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 that's okay. Uh, my, my encouragement to you is just read it, you know, read it through, get caught in the drama of it. Uh, it's a, there's a storyline to the Bible. And as we go through this, it's going to kind of carry the major storyline through. But one thing I do would encourage you to do is, is, is maybe just try to kind of have as a goal every day as you read uh, to have one takeaway. What's one lesson I can take away from this? And so, so kind of hunt for that lesson. And you can do that in one of two ways. I mean, there's probably other ways too, but uh, you could you could hunt for it as you go. And so you could kind of go through it and maybe underline things that jump out for you, and then and then kind of pick the one that you think is is really the lesson for you to kind of glean from or hang on to for the day. Um, or uh, don't do that, but just kind of read it through. Just read through the text, uh, the reading for the day. And then once you're done, close your eyes and just spend some time reflecting and thinking about the scriptures that you just read. And and again, invite the Holy Spirit to, to kind of identify what what is maybe the one thing that he wants to say to you through uh, through the text. And, and then just kind of hang on that one thing, chew on it, and kind of take it with you through the day. All right? So those are just some points. Now, this first reading is the, uh, is the creation story, uh, Genesis chapters 1 and 2. That's the reading for this first podcast, Monday, January 11th. And um, uh, here I'll just give a couple of tips as far, or I, I guess context points, just to kind of 
that may help you or uh, just something to be aware of as you do the reading. Uh, one is just kind of, particularly as you, as you read Genesis 1 and 2, obvious question that's, that many have is, well, do we take this literally or is it figurative? I mean, I mean, is, is this kind of, did God literally create the world in seven days? Uh, or is this more kind of figurative language some, uh, symbolizing seven ages of the, of the, uh, of the world that could have lasted, you know, m- you know, millions of years and all that. Um, and, Here's the deal on that question. Uh, we don't know. That's an open question. And there's good Christians who land on both of those positions. And one of the things that I discovered that I didn't realize is that I, I always had this idea that, you know, it used to be that everybody took it literally, believed in a seven-day creation. It was literally seven days. Uh, but then, of course, you kind of ask the question, well, how, how could it be morning and evening, you know, one day, a 24-hour period before you even had the sun and the moon and stars. So there's questions like that. that uh, uh, and, and so there was kind of, maybe, I had this idea that, but then we advanced in science. And then, of course, we kind of realized that it can't be literal. It must be figurative as we learn more about how old the universe is and there's stars that we can see and how far, how long has it taken us that light from that star to get to us to see it? Obviously, that's taken, you know, thousands, millions of years, some of them. So uh, my thought was that, you know, that was the impression that we kind of advanced and so had changed our views that we used to think it was literal, now it's figurative. I was surprised to realize that that Christians throughout the centuries and actually even Jews prior to even the coming of Jesus have always debated, (laughs) have always wondered whether this should be taken literally or figuratively. Uh, I mean, even in ancient times, there is people who interpret it both ways. Uh, St. Augustine, in his classic book called The City of God, uh, as he's writing in, I don't know, about the 4th century AD, uh, he's trying to convert or convince his uh, elite educated Roman class to to embrace Christianity. And so he tells them, basically, Christians have always disagreed on this, whether it should be literal or figurative. So it's okay, wherever you land on that question. Um, personally, I kind of, I'm a little, I view both in a way. I, I think it's m- much of it is figurative and that each of the days kind of represent maybe an age of the earth or it's, it's symbolic. Uh, but I, I think there's some literal things in there too. I, I do b- believe that there was a real Adam and Eve, a real first man and woman from whom we all came. I, I kind of see that because uh, Paul uses a lot of kind of arguments with regard to how Christ could come as the second Adam to kind of reverse uh, the effects of sin for us, and and uh, and so you know, that we would come from a a, a a a first parent. I think makes sense in light of that passage, but I could be wrong, and uh, and that's okay if you land on uh, have a different perspective than I do on that one. Um, and then I'll just note that one thing you'll note as you go through the readings is that um, uh, you'll note that there's, there seems to be two creation accounts. Um, you know, Genesis chapter 1 seems like one account, and Genesis 2, like a totally different creation account. Um, and, and it's true, there, there's two accounts, but they don't contradict each other, and it's, it's more like chapter 1 is kind of this, I don't know, general overview of creation, and then chapter 2 kind of drills down and unpacks the creation of humanity a bit more. 
Um, so just kind of be aware of that. And, and then I would just say if there's a key verse to really spotlight in this in your reading for today, it's that verse 26 where it talks about how we're creating God's image. Uh, that he created, God created us in his image, male and female, he created humanity, uh, that male and female together, uh, we together reflect God's nature in a special, unique way that's different from any other part of his creation. Uh, It really sets humanity apart as unique, uh, that verse does. And so you are unique, you're special, you're created in God's image. Uh, You're not just a bunch of molecules, uh, uh, you have value, a uh, special value to God. All of his creation has value, but you in a special way. And then as you kind of just think of ways to apply um, this, uh, your reading as you kind of read through it, um, um, kind of flowing out of that, we're creating God's image verse. Um, you know, there's lots of ugliness in this world. I mean, there's we, we see so much brokenness in people and ugliness in people. And sometimes it's in our... And our leaders, as we're kind of seeing in these days uh, of our kind of crisis in our nation, um, but it's in people we live with. It's in us. It's uh, we all are broken. And so my encouragement to you and to me is maybe to to really try to see through the ugliness to the true design, because God has created every person perfect. He's He's got in his mind's eye, he can see. He can see the real you, the real me, how he, how he created every person perfect and good. And, and so, you know, we've been marred by our sin and brokenness, but uh, try to see through the ugliness in the world and in people to the true design uh, uh, that is behind the ugliness. E- even in the people maybe that you detest, try to see through it to, to, to know that somewhere in there, there is this masterpiece that God has created. And can you... Uh, do your best to try to see through to that and, and to love that person as, as God does. So that's something you can take with you into the day. And then uh, another, I don't know, it's not an application point, but maybe more of a point of discovery. Uh, see where in this Genesis 1 and 2 passages, uh, chapters, you can see uh, evidence of the Trinity or hints of the Trinity. And I'll just give you a clue. I mean, look in chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and in chapter 1, verse 26 for that. And um, then one other thing I'll mention is just, um, you know, we are, I guess another takeaway is we're, it talks about how we're really, humanity is given a job in the book of Genesis. It's to take care of the creation, to rule over it, to be in charge of it. And um, that really, I think, speaks to, (coughs) excuse me, um, our call to to uh, environmentalism in, I think, a healthy way. You know, there, there's a healthy way and an unhealthy way of environmentalism. It, it Those who would be concerned about, I don't know, environmentalism as sometimes it's portrayed in the media and in the world, is it almost feels like, you know, we are worshiping the earth kind of thing. And, and that's clearly wrong. I mean, Genesis clearly teaches that, no, God is outside of creation. He, he created it, and it's good. And, and though, yes, we are part of creation, we are higher than creation. He has put us in charge of it. And so I think there's a real balanced uh, Christian perspective, Judeo-Christian perspective, that would say... Um, we can be environmentalists without worshiping the earth. In fact, uh, Tony Campbell, this um, great preacher of another generation, my generation, he he wrote a great book once called How to Save the Planet Without Worshiping the Earth. 
I've never even read the book, but it's a great title, and you kind of I think you get the get the idea from the title. Um, so anyway, that's another takeaway. How can we be better stewards of of creation of the environment without being slaves to the environment and without worshiping the earth? And so because we're we're not slaves to it, we're in charge of it. And um, and then two more things. One other thing I'll mention here is. Um, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is introduced, and I'm sure Devante will maybe uh, maybe mention those uh, in next in tomorrow's podcast about the fall. But um, w- for you theological types, it is kind of a deep thought uh, uh, that uh, some have kind of related those. They they almost might symbolize kind of the idea of the tree of life as being the gospel, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil as being the law. And uh, we were told by God, you can eat the tree of life, but don't eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you do, you'll you'll become like God and die. You'll know right from wrong. And and we chose the law. We chose the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And and so ultimately, Jesus had to come. Uh, Jesus, who really is the tree of life, uh, uh, came and dove into our humanity to lead us back to the garden, back to himself, to feed on him once again at the tree of life. So there's your deep thought for the day. And then, and then finally, last, last thing is um, um, the script. This passage has things to say about marriage, uh, particularly at the end of chapter two. It, those are verses that Jesus actually quotes those verses when he talks about the sanctity of marriage and how marriage is meant for life, uh, how divorce is not part of God's master plan for, for anyone. I mean, it's a tragedy when it happens and there's new beginnings and fresh starts for people and God's a God of grace. But the original design is that marriage between a man and a woman is to be for life. The two become one flesh. And 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 Jesus goes back to the creation story, which is pre-fall. It's not a cultural application. He goes back to this universal principle found in the actual creation account. So it speaks to the sanctity of marriage, this passage does as well. All right. Uh, this has been a longer podcast than most will be. I, we had to do, I felt like I wanted to do some kind of introductory type stuff for this one. So not every podcast will be this long, but thanks for those of you who actually have soldiered through and listened to the whole thing. Uh, and I just pray God would really bless you guys as we, as we, uh, do these readings together as you do them on your own and, uh, be fun to be talking with one another and sharing our discoveries with each other as we go through these 20 weeks of kind of going through, through the story of God and us and, uh, um, and one another. So let me pray for us and you can be on your way. Uh, Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this opportunity to dive deep into your word. And I pray that you would uh, bless us as, as, uh, as uh, individuals and as a church, um, and any others who are kind of, uh, joining us on this journey that you would, uh, that you would draw each one of us, um, into a deeper relationship with you through, reading your word, your word, uh, there's life in your word, particularly as we invite you, Holy Spirit, to breathe life into your word. And would you, Holy Spirit, take uh, all of the readings that we do, starting with this first one today on Monday, uh, and, and would you translate into every heart exactly what you want to say? Uh, to the glory of God, through Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, bless you guys. Have a wonderful day and bless you on your reading.